This is Science Friday. I'm John Dankosky. The People's Republic of Bangladesh is one of the most densely populated countries on Earth, with a population of 165 million people in an area a bit smaller than the state of Iowa. To feed all those people, farmers in Bangladesh work year-round. Instead of just growing crops during the rainy monsoon season, they have to grow a second or even third crop during the dry season, using groundwater to irrigate and thus creating a more secure food region. Research published in the journal Science this month found something pretty amazing about all that groundwater. Bangladeshi farmers, by pumping water for crops in the dry season, were actually leaving space in the aquifers to recharge during the rainy monsoon season. And then this space allowed the aquifers to recapture more than 20 trillion gallons of water, or twice the capacity of China's Three Gorges Dam. The researchers call this the Bengal water machine, and it's the proof of a concept that was proposed nearly 50 years ago. Here to explain more is the lead author of that research, Dr. Mohammad Shamsuduha. He's an associate professor at the University of London's Institute for Risk and Disaster Reduction. His friends and students call him Shams. And Dr. Aditi Mukherjee, who's principal researcher for the International Water Management Institute's New Delhi office. Welcome to Science Friday. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here. I'll start with you, Mohammed. In simple terms, tell us how farmers are managing to store all of this water. So the paper that we published in Science, the Bengal Water Machine, is an invisible but a giant machine that operates underground in many parts of Bangladesh by millions of farmers. Uh, this water machine has been working for the past three decades and enabled capture of huge amount of fresh water from monsoon rainfall and flood water as a result of intense pumping of groundwater to produce rice crops during the dry season. As you mentioned that in Bangladesh during the dry season, there isn't much rainfall, very little rainfalls during a six-month period, which is the dry period between November and April. So farmers do use groundwater a lot. And it started in the early 90s when government of Bangladesh relaxed some of the policies around importing diesel-operated pumps. So farmers started to copy each other and they started to install shallow boreholes and to start pumping groundwater for producing rice. And the pumping of groundwater during the dry season enabled more capture of fresh water in the aquifer during the subsequent monsoon, creating this storage space and uh, capturing of uh, fresh water that is, as you mentioned, uh, more than twice the size of the Three Gorges Dam in China. So how then is this different from how groundwater systems might work if the farmers weren't doing so much pumping, what, what would be happening instead? Good question. Uh, groundwater is found in Bangladesh as at very shallow depth. So we're talking about less than 10 meters or so below ground level in many places. Imagine there wasn't any groundwater pumping for irrigation. Groundwater would feed to river channels during the dry season. Now, during the monsoon season, groundwater gets recharged, as he said, from the monsoon rainfall. And you see the oscillation 
up and down of groundwater levels in monitoring wells. When farmers started to pump groundwater since the late 80s, early 90s, the seasonal dynamics suddenly changed. So dry season water levels started to go down and down each year as farmers withdraw more and more water to produce rice crops. In the monsoon season, in many places where we have seen the operation of the Bengal water machine, groundwater levels rise to the pre-development condition, suggesting that the aquifers were getting more fresh water through seasonal recharge. So the very existence of the Bengal water machine is possible, happened because of the um, intervention of uh, millions of farmers in Bangladesh. So let's talk about these farmers and what they're able to do that's a little bit different because this machine works so well. Uh, Aditi, this, this number, trillions of gallons of water stored by the system, farmers can, of course, use it during the next dry season. It seems as though this is allowing farmers to do something that they just couldn't do otherwise. Yes. So let me say that the farmers, when they started irrigation and growing the third crop, it wasn't necessarily that they knew that this, there is this particular mechanism of groundwater storage. Farmers' original intention of using groundwater was literally to produce their food that they needed to sustain themselves and also to provide food security for the country. But because of the unique hydrogeology of the of the region and the very high rainfall, as Sham's paper shows very clearly, this also turned into one of those few cases in natural sciences where it's almost like a win-win solution. I'm from India and we have actually basket cases of groundwater overexploitation. You know, similar things, farmers have benefited tremendously from groundwater irrigation, but it has resulted in a long-term decline in groundwater tables, simply because the rainfall wasn't sufficient to recharge all that that was being extracted, or maybe because the hydrogeology was not conducive for good recharge. So Bangladesh indeed got quite lucky in terms of these natural systems of groundwater aquifers, which are not only very conducive for the kind of recharge, but also that the very fact that they receive very high rainfall, 1500 plus, 2000 millimeter plus. So I, I find that incredibly interesting and also very exciting that Sham's papers actually provides proof for the hypothesis that was suggested way back in 1975, again published in Science. Well, and that's really important, though. It is very exciting, and this hypothesis goes back quite some time. It's the first time, though, anyone's really proven that, that this is working, right? Yes, uh, indeed. And uh, the reason we were able to demonstrate that the very concept that was proposed 50 years ago in science by Roger Revel and Venkatachalya Lakshminarayana is because of the availability of monitoring data in Bangladesh. So there are 1,250 monitoring stations all across Bangladesh that monitor weekly groundwater levels. So we analyzed about a million data points um, at 465 monitoring stations all across the country. And we have seen that at about 153 boreholes, this incremental increase in dry season water levels and then filling it up during the monsoon season happened. So about a third of the borehole records that we looked at uh, showed 
the operation of the Bengal water machine. And it was only possible because we have high quality monitoring data on groundwater levels in Bangladesh. And Aditi, uh, how exciting is it to have that kind of data to be able to prove this theory? I think it's, it's very, very exciting. So there have been other papers that have kind of modeled, but not actual validation because this kind of empirical study is only possible with the kind of data that Shams is men mentioning, very um, high density data for a long period of time. Um, in India, for example, the Central Groundwater Board also monitors groundwater, but they do it only four times in a year. So I think this also goes back to the importance of very good data monitoring that, that countries like ours needs to do to be able to understand these mechanisms in greater detail. Mohammed, if, if there's more water going into the ground thanks to this water machine, is it possible that this entire region is benefiting from less flooding than it might have otherwise seen? Uh, yes, uh, I think it is very much possible. So what we showed in the paper is that groundwater captured more fresh water through recharge uh, during the monsoon season. And the amount of water we are talking is 75 to 90 cubic kilometer of water over a 30-year period. So that is nearly three cubic kilometer of water per year, which is more than the groundwater is used here in the UK. So that water would have otherwise flown through uh, the rivers and would cause river flooding. Uh, we don't have the concrete evidence actually to, to show that it has actually mitigated flooding or kind of reduced the extent of flood disasters. I think further study is needed to prove it, but there is a huge potential for flood mitigation through the operation of this water machine. I'm wondering, though, as with all parts of the globe, climate change is causing so much much disruption. Aditi, what what are we looking at in terms of how climate change could alter these results? Are we looking at the possibility that somehow this Bengal water machine starts to to break down because of the impacts of climate change? I think a big unknown is what will happen to the recharge mechanism uh, in the future. I think, uh, to the best of my knowledge, we do not understand the recharge under climate change situation. There is some evidence, but not enough to tell us how the changes in the rainfall pattern will affect recharge. So one of the projections for the region is that the, the monsoon rains are, are projected to intensify. We are either going to have either the same amount of rain or just more rain in the future. But the other part of the projection also says that we may have those more more intense period of rain. So basically the same amount of rain, but fewer rainfall events. So how all of those affect recharge is uh, is a bit of an unknown. Uh, I think the other part that has got quite a close link to climate change is also the mitigation part of it. The tool that the farmers use to extract groundwater are diesel pumps. So Bangladesh currently has around 1.3 million diesel pumps. India has around 10 million diesel pumps. And these all run on diesel, obviously, and that causes a large amount of carbon emissions. So one of the ways we have to pay attention is how do we provide clean source of irrigation to the farmers? And here, switching these diesel pumps to solar irrigation pumps is one of those low-hanging fruit that needs to be uh, really explored. Are, are there concerns that rising sea levels, especially in a country like Bangladesh that is so close to sea level, 
that rising sea levels could bring more seawater into critical parts of the aquifer, that that's one of the climate change problems with groundwater systems that, that you rely on in the years to come? We have actually not seen the the scale, the spatial scale and the extent uh, to which the Bengal water machine uh, operates in the coastal region. It is mainly working in the northern and the north central part of Bangladesh, where there is plenty of rainfall and it is very far away from the coast. And there is very little groundwater uh, pumping for producing rice crops going on in the coastal area. So in that sense, uh, there is a bit of positive uh, side uh, to the discovery of this water machine that uh, going forward uh, under climate change, as Auditi just mentioned, it might just benefit because of the heavy monsoon uh, precipitation may, um, may lead to more groundwater recharge. But again, we need further study to prove that. Just a quick reminder that I'm John Dankowski, and this is Science Friday from WNYC Studios. We're talking about the amazing capture of trillions of gallons of groundwater by farmers in Bangladesh. It's called the Bengal Water Machine. And we're talking with Mohammed Shamsaduha and Aditi Mukherjee. Aditi, I'm wondering if farmers in other parts of the world could benefit from this type of system. Are there other places that you think the Bengal Water Machine could work? So there are two two things that are happening. You need a certain kind of aquifer, aquifers that are closely connected to the surface water body, kind of unconfined aquifers. And you also need high amount of rainfall, 1000 millimeter, 1200 millimeter plus rainfall. So when these two things come together, this water machine is likely to deliver in all those places. So there are large parts of India starting all the way from eastern Uttar Pradesh, Bihar, West Bengal, Assam, where this is actually working. Same with the Nepal Tarib. I mean, here we find that farmers have been withdrawing groundwater without in in many places we do not notice even after 20 30 years the like you know a steep drawdown in the water tables but as i said earlier the very fact that in many parts of india for instance our groundwater data is limited we do have large number of monitoring wells but then the data is limited to only four times in a year so that kind of makes it a bit harder to authoritatively prove this hypothesis uh, I think this is already working, but it will be very hard to prove it in the authoritative way that Shams and colleagues could do it with the data from Bangladesh. I'd like to ask you both, before we let you go, about what these findings can teach us about how we might manage water in the future. We talked a bit about climate change. Obviously, there are so many people around the world concerned about food security. What are some of the big takeaways for you from this paper and what we've learned so far and, and, and how we might change our water management tactics around the world in the future. Yes, right. So I think the for me, the most important takeaway is both Shams and I have been working on groundwater for a long time. And I think he will agree with me when I say that the major worldview around groundwater is that a bit negative. It's kind of okay, wherever you use groundwater, groundwater levels will decline. And that has kind of necessarily come from studies that have been done in the more arid and semi-arid regions with limited recharge potential. You think of California, for 
for instance, or you think of North China plains or the western part of India, Pakistan, etc. In all those places, we have seen intensive use of groundwater, but then not commensurate recharge simply because the rainfall isn't adequate, leading to long-term decline in groundwater. So that has kind of shaped policymakers' views that groundwater is always quote-unquote bad and must be avoided. But what we are seeing in this case that we have to be very, very context-specific and in cases like Bangladesh, Eastern India, all these regions with high rainfall and alluvial aquifers, actually groundwater can be a very powerful tool of poverty alleviation. And similar story can actually play out in Africa if we are careful about how we are managing groundwater. It can be a very successful tool for poverty alleviation as well as food security, providing one, we are managing it properly through the correct policies. And we are also kind of investing in very good data collection and monitoring wells. I just want to add that this is new knowledge and the discovery of the Bengal water machine will definitely inform climate adaptation policies and groundwater pumping strategies in Bangladesh and beyond. And this finding will guide us in developing better strategies for groundwater resource management to ensure food security in future. Dr. Mohammed Shamsaduha is an associate professor at the University of London's Institute for Risk and Disaster Reduction. His friends and colleagues call him Shams. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, John. And Dr. Aditi Mukherjee is a principal researcher for the International Water Management Institute's New Delhi office. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, John. It was a pleasure. Coming up after the break, I'll talk with legendary sound recordist Jim Metzner about what he's learned from years of listening to the pulse of our planet. <laughs> 